Hey everybody, thank you so much for being a part of this special online worship experience. And uh, I hope that you're enjoying this already right there in your home or right there in your, your living room, your kitchen table. Hey, this may be the only time you get to wear your pajamas to church, right? So really taking advantage of it. Uh, but seriously, we are so thankful to be able to come right into your home and to share this moment with you. This has been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. Just think of uh, last December when uh, we first heard of a viral outbreak in China originating from some kind of meat market. And now two and a half months later, it's a full-blown pandemic. This virus has now infected over 126,000 people worldwide. 4,600 have lost their lives, most of whom have been from China. And uh, it has really brought fear across the world and, and across our own country. COVID-19 has really caused all the gears to stop right here. And people are reacting to it. I mean, if you just go to a store, you can see it really plainly, right? People are going in and cleaning out uh, shelves and stockpiling things like water and toilet paper and gasoline and all these kinds of things. Why are they doing that? What's the connection between all this? Well, it's because people are afraid. And then here's a question. What do you do when fear goes viral? How do you respond when people are afraid like that? Where do you find hope and peace and comfort? You know, some of you are dealing with that right now. Some of you can't sleep at night. You're constantly watching the news 24-7. You, you're, you're worried about somebody that you love getting the illness. You're worried about how this is gonna impact you financially. You're worried about your job. Some of you are worried about how, what are you gonna do over the next two weeks with your kids not in school? I mean, there's a lot of fear and anxiety and uncertainty right now in this time. So how do we handle that? Well, you know, the good thing is that the Bible has a lot to say about how we handle fear and anxiety and worry. And God wants to speak to you right now about this in your life. So I want you to just get your Bible. Hopefully you have a Bible there. I want you to open up with me to Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is where we're going to land uh, this morning. And let me just kind of set the context for this psalm, okay? Uh, this psalm is like other psalms. There were, there were originally songs that were sung in worship. So the ancient worshiper would come and they would start to sing these out together. This particular psalm, though, has got the backdrop and the storyline of crisis. People are in crisis. Trouble is in the air. People are busily moving around and, and frantically grappling to try to make sense of it all. Uh, there's worry, anxiety, fear, trouble looming over them. And in the midst of all this trouble, the ancient psalm writer actually has this encounter with God that's real and genuine and life-changing. Martin Luther absolutely loved this psalm. Uh, the great reformer uh, was so inspired by the psalm that he wrote his own song, which became one of the great hymns of the faith, called A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. In fact, it was known that when Martin Luther would become fearful and overwhelmed with doubt and discouragement, 
when his soul would grow dark, that he would invite his friends to come. And he would say, come over and, and let's sing together this Psalm 46. Listen, if there was ever a time that we needed this psalm, it's right now. And if there was ever a time that you needed this psalm and to know what's in it, it's right now. God wants to speak to you through this psalm, Psalm 46. If you were to, if you were to kind of write with a pen over the top of the psalm kind of what the, the message is of Psalm 46, you, you could just write these words, God is your help and your hope in times of trouble. God is your help and your hope in times of trouble. Listen, if you're looking for help anywhere else, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking for hope anywhere else, you're going to be let down. God only is the one that can give you the help you need and the hope you need when you're in a crisis. And you may be pushing back on me. go, okay, Craig, but why, why does God, uh, why is God the one that gives me help? Why is God the one that gives me hope? Why can't I find that in other places? And, and that's a great question. And the answer is actually in this psalm. That's exactly what the psalm writer is telling us, why God is our source of help and why he is our source of hope. Okay, so we're gonna just kind of dive into it now. As you kind of look at the psalm, just kind of look at it, You'll notice that it's broken down very simply into three sections divided by the word sila. Now the word sila there was actually a musical term to pause, uh, but it could also mean to reflect, to think about, to ponder. And so basically this guy, this ancient hymn writer from all these years ago is reaching back into our modern world and he's saying, hey, let me tell you something. I know a little something about crisis. And if you really want to find hope and help in this crisis, you need to think deeply about some things about who God is. And so he's going to lay this out for us, all right? So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are right now, just uh, write this first thought down. The first thing he said we need to think about is that God is in control, all right? Look at it. Look at verse, uh, verse 1, Psalm 46. This is the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake from their turmoil. Uh, he starts off, he says, the one thing you got to really understand is that God is in control. Now, listen to me. God's in control. You say, yeah, I know, Craig, yeah, yeah, God's in control, but, but what if this happens? No, 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 God's in control. Yeah, Craig, I know, but, but, but what about this or what about that? Or I just don't know what I'll do if this happens. Listen, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what feelings are coming up inside of you, you must speak to yourself, speak to your heart and remind yourself, hey, hey, God's got this. God's in control. None of this is catching him off guard. And I love the way that he illustrates this. You know, he, he really kind of draws up what I call this worst case scenario, all right? Uh, by the way, I was, we were at, Liz and I were at dinner the other night, 
with some friends and we were talking about this board game called Worst Case Scenario. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you get this board game out, you go through these cards and it puts you in these situations that are like impossible to survive. And, and you have to say, what would I do and how would I respond to this worst case scenario? So what do you do if you get locked in a trunk? Or you, what do you do if you're about to be attacked by a shark or you know, some terrible like, what do you do if you fall into quicksand? What do you do if your wife takes you to Walmart? I mean, what do you do? How do you survive that kind of stuff, all right? Well, uh, that's exactly what this psalm writer is doing. He's going, okay, all right, you're worried. I get it, I get it. But look at what he says. God is our refuge and strength. Even if the earth trembles, even if the mountains fall, even if the oceans cave in. Get what he's saying? He's like, look, he's drawing up the worst possible thing. Even if this whole physical world melts down, guess what? God's still in control. Even if the natural creation is out of control, God is in control. Now that's really important for us to remind ourselves when we're watching all the news and we're seeing all the hazmat suits and we're seeing all the predictions and all the negative naysayers out there. It's good to remember to speak to our own heart and say, you know what, God's in control. The coronavirus is not in control. The medical profession is not in control. Our government leaders are not in control. You know, the markets are not in control. God is in control. And he has not relinquished that control to anyone. So we've got to remind ourselves, God's in control. He's got this. He's on his throne. He's ruling. He's in charge. The second thing that this ancient writer says we've got to remind ourselves is it God is with you? Look at, verse, look at verse four. He says, there is a river, it streams delight, the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the most high. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage, kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of, of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now you said another thing, you gotta remind yourself, you gotta continually say to yourself, not only, yeah, God's in control, God's in control, I know that he's on his throne, but you gotta also remember that God is with us, that God is with you. And, and he kind of draws us this contrast, right? He talks about like they're God's people and then there are the nations, and he's kind of pitting them in contrast. Here's God's people and God's city, Jerusalem, and God dwells there and God's with his people and they're secure and they're safe and they're at peace. And then there are the nations and the nations are raging and the nations are chaotic and the nations are frantic, right? And he's drawing this clear picture of a contrast. By the way, you're going to see this same contrast in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see people that are just wringing their hands. Oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if they cancel this? What if this financially? And you're going to hear all these terrible stories of what may happen. And people are going to wring their hands in utter anxiety and fear. And then you'll find some believers that are at peace. They're at peace with God. Now, now, why is one at peace and one not? And he tells you why right here. He says the reason why is because the Lord of armies is with us. The Lord of armies is with us. 
that we're not alone in this. This is not some kind of a chaotic pattern. This is not some kind of chance thing going on. God is with his people. Do you understand that? Do you understand that you are not alone? Do you understand that, that this is not just out of control? That God is with you? That he's never left you? That God, God not caught, caught by surprise by the coronavirus? That God is actually going to show up in your life and draw near to you and draw close to you as you call on him? God is with you. You know, several years ago, I was uh, up on the Temple Mount in Israel, and um, we were there just kind of enjoying seeing the sights, and all of a sudden, I heard a lot of commotion. A lot of people were agitated and, and angry voices and yelling and screaming and that kind of thing, and of course, wondered what was happening. I saw some people running, and so I looked over, and I saw what was happening is that a rabbi had come up onto the Temple Mount. Now, now the Temple Mount is controlled by the Muslim community, but rabbis legally have a right to be there, but they don't want them there. And so this rabbi came up onto the Temple Mount to just walk around it and then go down. And all this commotion was going on, but what was shocking to me is that while everybody was in turmoil, there was one guy who was not in turmoil, and that was the rabbi. You don't want to know why he was not in turmoil? Because surrounding him were several temple guards with uh, assault weapons, right? Full, you know, uh, ammo to the teeth, ready to fight, and they were literally surrounding him. So as he walked, he was completely covered by this protection. That, that's really what is saying here is that you know, when we know that God is surrounding us, when we know that God is with us, the whole world can be on fire. The whole world can be frantic. The whole world can panic. But God's people are at peace. And so you don't need to be frantic. Don't, like, don't be like those who don't know God. Remind yourself, hey, God is with me. He has not left me. He has not abandoned me. He will go before me. He will protect me. He will be my shield. The Lord of armies is with me. The other thing that this ancient writer said, we've got to remind ourselves. We've got we to constantly think about uh, God is in control. God is with me. Here's, here's the next one. That God is at work. God's at work. Look at verse 8. He says, come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. He, this ancient writer is saying, look, you, you want to get through this? You want to find help you want to find hope hey just remind yourself man god god is in control god is with us god is with you but also remind yourself that god's at work i love this verse eight you can underline it if you want to but it says come and see the works of the lord basically what he's saying is god's at work in all this now listen this is exciting god is at work in all of this all the chaos, all the fluctuating markets, all the rumor mill and all the fear and all this kind, God is at work. 
God's moving in, in our nation. God is moving around the world. God is moving in individual lives right here and right now. And listen, if you focus on the panic, if you focus on the news feed, if you focus on, your, on, your, on the latest posts on Instagram, if you focus on all these things all the time, you may miss it. You may miss how God is opening windows for the gospel. You may miss what God is doing in the hearts of people that he wants you to step into and he wants you to bring hope into their lives. Aaron Sandoval is our church planter in Madrid, Spain. And Madrid was just shut down because of the coronavirus. And so he posted online just this week uh, a little little story. Uh, He was standing in one of the big major populated areas. It's kind of like Times Square of Madrid, usually packed shoulder to shoulder with people. Now it was just a handful of people that were there. He said, I've never seen it so empty. And he said, because one of our teams that had been to Madrid had passed out cards about the church that had his phone number on it, he received a, a phone message. And this young man who remained remained anonymous um, told Aaron, he said, uh, I'm really scared, I'm really afraid, I don't don't know what what to do. And then he said these words, would you help me cleanse my soul? Aaron said, well, what do you mean cleanse your soul? And he goes, I just know that I've sinned against God, I've done a lot of terrible things and I just don't know how God could ever forgive me. Will you help me cleanse my soul? I'm afraid that I'm gonna die from this disease and I I don't wanna go to hell. And as Aaron worked with him and and shared with him the hope of the gospel, that he can find cleansing. Come, let us reason together, say the Lord, though your sin is scarlet. It can be as white as snow, though it's red as crimson. It can be as wool. I mean, he's sharing this gospel with this troubled man. And the young man said, hey, hey, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'll call you back. And he hung up. Listen, there are people just like that young man and they live right next to you. They go to work right next to you. They go home worried and afraid, uncertain of what the future holds. And God has put you there. And if you have eyes to see, if you will look and see where God is at work, God will use you. Listen, your hope and your help comes from the Lord. Your hope and your help comes from God. He is our help. He is our hope in times of trouble. And, and the way that we tap into that is when we talk to ourselves and remind ourselves, hey, God's in control and, and God is with me and God is at work in all these things and he's weaving these things together for his purpose. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, so Craig, how do, how do, I, how do I really leverage the next couple of weeks? How do I really um, allow God to, to use me in this historic moment? I mean, this is truly an historic moment. How do I make the most of it and grow in my faith and, and be used by God in a special way during this coronavirus outbreak? So let me just uh, take you back to verse 10 and give you just a couple of very simple, practical things. Verse 10 in the New Living Translation says it this way, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Now, 
couple of just practical things. Number one, be still. The first thing you need to do is just be still. You know, it, it means to stop striving, to stop moving. You know, I, when I think about this, I think about what happened this week. All these schools are closed, right? All these businesses are saying, stay home. You think about all the sporting events that are happening right now that are, are canceled or postponed. It's almost like the Lord has just stopped everything. Like life as we know it has been spinning around. He's just, okay, all right, I'm going to stop this whole thing. I want you to be still. To stop. And to think about your relationship with God. To stop and acknowledge the Lord. One of the best things you can do in this season is to purposefully, intentionally carve out moments of time for you to be still and say, God, you have my attention. And the most dangerous thing that can happen to you besides getting uh, the virus is to get the fear virus and constantly be online scrolling and constantly watching the news 24 seven and allowing your distraction to go to the fear and not to go to God. So first thing you need to do practically is just to say, okay, I'm going to allow this time of when the world has stopped for me to settle my soul, to settle my heart, and to be still before God. Say, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to, I want to follow your lead. I'm going to choose to be still and acknowledge you in my life. Second thing he says is be still and know that I am God. So another thing you can do is just to press in to know God better. To, as you are being still, as you have these moments of stillness, to say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna really take this moment uh, when everything is stopping, when everyone is, is, is isolating, and to be still before God and then to dive deep, to say, Lord, I want to know you in a deeper way right now in this situation. You say, how do I do that? Well, one thing, obvious thing you can do is you can, uh, you can read the scripture. And here's what I would, I want to give you a little challenge. If you're not kind of new to what to read or not sure where I would start, here's what I encourage you to do. Over just the next two weeks, I want you to read a psalm every single day. Just, just take a psalm. I don't really care where you start. You can go evens, you can go odds, you can start at the beginning. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But for you to pick a psalm every single day, and as you're reading that psalm, say, okay, God, what does this say about who you are? What does this psalm say about my need for you? What does this say about how I should respond to you in worship? And begin to journal some of those things down. You may come out of the next two weeks and say, you know what? I really, I found still places in my life and I began to dive deeper into knowing who God is and he revealed himself to me in a unique and special and profound way All right just spend time in God's word second thing is spend time praying spend time praying for yourself spend time praying for your family spend time praying for your neighbors spend time praying uh, for the world listen spend time praying get this spend time praying for our nation Spend time praying for God to move in a special way for revival, for spiritual awakening. Do you know that historically when God has brought 
a, a, a plague or God has brought uh, uh, something like this or trouble to a nation or to multiple nations, it has always been from God to get their attention. And usually what happens on the backside of this is that people begin to cry out to God for help. And when they do, God brings revival. We may be right on the cusp of a new spiritual awakening and we never need it more than now. We need revival and awakening and God is shaking the shoulders of our nation and calling them to stop and to see him and acknowledge him to find their hope and their help in him. So pray fervently as believers, pray fervently for awakening and, and, and revival and for open doors to share the gospel with those who desperately need hope. So be still, press in and know God in a deeper way. And then the last thing that he says, and I will be honored among the nations, I'll be honored among the earth and that is just to honor God. How, how do I honor God? Just honor God by, by what you do, all right? Well, honor God by how you carry yourself in this situation. Re represent Jesus well, all right? Uh, one of the ways you can do that is just by having those spiritual conversations. When you talk to people at work, say, hey, how, how are you doing? How are, are you, how are you handling the fear and the anxiety? How are you handling that? What's going on with that? And then say, well, let me tell you, man, God's just really given me a lot of peace. Well, how, how's God giving you peace? Well, let me tell you my story about how I came to know Christ. I mean, just having those spiritual conversations is never gonna be any easier than they are right now. So step into them, be purposeful, honor God by sharing your story of what Jesus has done for you. Another thing we're gonna do as a church is over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be working with our community ministry partners to really minister to our community, to even lock arms with other churches in our area and begin to really leverage this opportunity to share the gospel and care and serve and love on the people in our community. So be watching your email feed, be watching uh, us online and jump into opportunities to talk to people about Jesus and to share the love and compassion of Jesus. 300 AD, a terrible plague hit the Roman city of Caesarea. It killed thousands of people. Those that were able fled the city in fear, trying to get away from the disease. The only people that stayed behind were the Christians. And the Christians stayed behind and they, they ministered and, and cared for the sick. They buried the dead and they showed compassion for those who were rejected and were fearful and were hurting. And Eusebius, the uh, ancient historian, wrote this. He said, because of their compassion, the Christian deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. Folks, now is our time. This is our moment to step into acts of compassion, to step into conversations, to honor God with our life, that we are not troubled, we are not afraid, because the Lord is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble, and we trust Him. Do you know Him like that? I want you to just take a moment to bow your head right where you are, maybe in your living room, maybe at your kitchen table, maybe watching on your phone, but just to let God speak to you and 
And maybe right now you just need to ask God to remove some fear and anxiety in your own life. Say, you know, Lord, I've been really fearful. I've been really anxious. But God, I want you to remove that fear from me. You know, the scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So maybe you ask God to fill you with his spirit again and, and to use you, to remind yourself, to speak to yourself and say, God, I know that you, you're in control and God, I know that you're with me. God, I know that you're at work. Lord, help me be still and know that you are God. Help me to, to press in and know you more. Lord, I want to honor you in this season. God, I want, I want you to bring renewal in my home and renewal in my city and renewal in our nation, God. God will answer a prayer like that.